This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. A review of Norwegian Joy this week. Also, Sherry Laskin is back with Cruise News. I wish we didn't have to talk about the whole corona thing so much, but it's going to be inevitable over the next couple of weeks, probably, hopefully not much more past that. This weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind, we're going to feature some questions I've been getting over the past couple of weeks. One big one, are travel insurance companies modifying their policies because of the coronavirus and how it may impact you. Also, we'll have cruise industry analyst Stuart Cheer on the Cruise Guy back as well. But let's get to this week's show first, Sherry Laskin with Cruise News. Hi, Sherry, and welcome back. Hi, Doug. It's good to be back. While you were gone, the U.S. State Department said U.S. citizens should not cruise. Yeah, it goes into a little more depth, but the bottom line was they were telling older folks like some of us and those who have underlying health conditions, simply not to take a cruise. So then on Tuesday, when they gave the daily press briefing, Dr. Fauci, who's head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, sort of recanted a little bit of what he said. And um, he went on to say, so if you are a healthy young person, there's no reason if you want to go on a cruise, just go on a cruise ship. So, um, you know, it's kind of interesting for him to do an about face like that, but I'm not going to get into details. But the CDC website also went on to say that repatriation flights should not be relied upon as an option for U.S. citizens under the potential risk of quarantine in a local area. Don't depend on the government to always fly you home if you're quarantined. So they're basically saying if you fly somewhere overseas for your cruise and you're quarantined, the U.S. government doesn't have to fly you home. Um, and they go on to say that U.S. citizens should evaluate the risks associated with choosing to remain in an area that may be subject to quarantine and to take the appropriate proactive measures. And this is, this is so fluid. This just keeps changing every single hour, practically. Yeah, it sure does. And the cruise lines are stepping up and loosening their cancellation policies. Give us some of the big three or so. I will. And this is, uh, again, this can change from day to day, just depends on what's happening. But and this is interesting, too. So unlike Amtrak, Amtrak is giving, if anyone's interested, 100% refund if you cancel by April 30th. No questions asked, because I just um, returned my ticket that I was taking during the summer and within 24 hours, I had a full refund on my credit card, but you're not going to find a cruise line that's just bam, giving you your money back. So what they're doing, like for example, with carnival's cancellation policy, which you could really call, as you mentioned on your website, a postponement policy. Mm -hmm. um, it has a window for your booked cruise. So it must've been booked. It must be set to sail between now and May 31st. And Carnival will let guests cancel their cruise and they'll receive a full future cruise credit. And that will include the non-refundables that would have applied had you canceled any other occasion. But there are some restrictions. So you must apply your future cruise credit by March 31 of 2021. So, you know, that still gives you a lot of time for all of this to hopefully go away soon. And if you do cruise, the future cruise credits are in increments 
So you'll get anywhere from $50 to $200 in onboard credit per stateroom, and that's depending on the length of the, st- of the sailing. So, for example, you'll get $100 per stateroom for three- and four-day cruises, $150 for a five-day cruise, and $200 per stateroom for any sailing that's six days or longer. And Princess, because they're all under the Carnival umbrella, they're operating pretty much the, under the same policy. It's the same um, amount of credit, you know, dependent on the length of the cruise. It's 100, 150, and 200. Princess has also changed their final payment date, though, from 90 days before you set sail to 60. So that gives you a little more time to have to make a decision. And then over at the Royal Caribbean camp with Royal Caribbean Celebrity and Azamara, they have started their Cruise with Confidence program. And this lets you cancel up to 48 hours before your cruise and get a future cruise credit that is good through 2021. But that's if you're departing quickly. Holland America also has changed its cancellation policy and you can find all the details on where? CruiseRadio.net. Yeah, we've outlined every cruise line's cancellation policy. The article's right there on the homepage. Uh, so another Carnival, well, actually more than one, a few Carnival Cruise Line ships basically skipped Grand Turk this week. Yeah, and for the second week in a row, some Carnival Cruise ships have skipped Grand Turk. And that includes most recently Carnival Breeze. And it all happened while the government of Grand Turk was evaluating whether or not to let the ship dock. It was simply easier for Carnival Breeze to just say, okay, we're leaving, and they went straight to Nassau. And Carnival has also said that Carnival Magic and Horizon will skip their scheduled visits to Grand Turk. And moving forward at this time, because things can change, of course, all the ships will be replacing Grand Turk with Nassau. We've been talking about it for five years, Sherry, and it's finally in Miami. That's so funny. That's exactly what I was going to say, Scarlet Lady, the adults-only ship that we have looked forward to for how many? Five years. Arrived into Port Miami early Saturday morning, but Miami was not supposed to be the first port that the ship would visit last weekend. So, of course, we know why. It's due to the coronavirus situation. The ship's original events were scheduled for New York City, and that included a two-night preview on board for media and invited guests, but of course it was canceled and the ship just mainlined straight down to Miami. The company explained, in light of the current news headlines, we want to ensure everyone feels it is the right time to celebrate with us. Virgin Voyages had said that they will reschedule the visit to New York City, but the date is not known yet. And we're going to end here with a feel-good story, something that Royal Caribbean and Celebrity are doing. Yeah, this is, yeah, that's a good way to put it. So once their Asia cruises were canceled, Royal Caribbean sent Spectrum of the Seas to Australia. And then the cruise line decided to have a contest and they wanted to fill three voyages to benefit Australia's first responders and the frontline volunteers who were fighting those massive fires throughout Australia. Now, the contest, which it was, um, they had rules, and the only real rule was to write a 150-word explanation why they felt volunteering was important. So, believe it or not, uh, over over 1,200 applications were submitted, and the winners received balcony and outside staterooms, no insides, and the cruise also included wine, beer, soft drinks, tea, coffee, basically all the basic beverages and all the meals were included. 
discounts were offered to everyone on the fee-based activities and also internet. They had a pretty good rate for the daily internet. Now, over at Celebrities, since Celebrity Millennium's cruises were canceled, they're going to do several short Pacific Coast cruises before uh, the Millennium begins its 2020 Alaska cruises that will go from Vancouver. Um, and the good news front, Celebrity also plans to offer several Cruising for Heroes trips in March and April for frontline and first responders as well. That what is- I want to know is, are gratuities included? I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure part of this is feel good, but the other part is a write-off, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Very good. Win-win. Listener question comes from Mark. We're sailing Royal Caribbean for the first time and are receiving onboard credit. Is there anything that I cannot use the onboard credit for? Well, hi, Mark. Well, there used to be, but now, according to Royal Caribbean, it appears that you can use your onboard credits everywhere on the ship and it's fleet-wide. So basically, it's free cash to use for shopping, spa, shore excursions, dining and drinking. And now you can even use it in the casino. That In the past, um, that was one of the places on most cruise lines where you could not use an onboard credit. It doesn't say anything about onboard credits being applied towards ship gratuities again. So don't plan on that happening. Occasionally, I've known it to slip through the cracks with the accounting department. And somehow, if you didn't use it all up, Part of it went towards your onboard gratuities, but, you know, that probably won't happen. So that'll still be out of pocket. But everything else on the ship, according to their website, is covered. All right. Thank you, Mark. I hope that answers your question. If you have a listener question, drop me a line, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin of cruisemaven.com. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. If you have an Amazon Alexa-enabled device, ask her to enable the Cruise Radio News skill so you can get daily updates anytime, straight from Cruise Radio. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. When is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, CruisingExcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, in which we include the visas, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting CruisingExcursions.com. Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. At the very end of last summer, Teresa Russell did a seven-night cruise on Norwegian Joy out of Seattle, and she joins us on the line to talk all about it. Hey, Teresa. 
Hey, Doug, how are you? Good. It's good to talk to you. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this seven-night Alaska cruise at the end of the season? For one, the rates are lower. I love Alaska for two. And also, I had not yet been on Norwegian Joy. So it was a perfect combination and great time to experience it. And I had a first-time cruiser friend who was interested in sailing with me. Very cool. Now, I'm curious to hear her thoughts. So you make your way from Ohio over to Seattle. Any pre-cruise time over there? Actually, my grandchildren live in Portland. So that was the pre-cruise time. And my friend's also from Portland. So we just drove. It's an easy drive from Portland to Seattle. You make your way to Norwegian Joy in Seattle. How was the embarkation process? It was very easy and actually different. I guess I haven't cruised for a few weeks or months. Uh, They no longer took photos at check-in, which I was surprised. And even though I've always done the pre-registration, I always gave a credit card number, but they always asked to see that again. They did none of that. Interesting. So it was really, really quick. How long did it take you to get from curb to ship? A max of five minutes. Wow. Did you get there super early or what? No. And that was the other thing. There were no lines. We probably got there about 11 a.m. Okay. Now, I know you've done other Norwegian Cruise Line ships in this class. So you walk on board. What were your impressions of Norwegian Joy? As you know, Joy was purpose-built for the Chinese market. So I expected to see some remnants of that, even though it did go through a dry dock and renovation to make it more suitable to the North American market. But other than some Chinese characters on some of the slot machines in the casino, there were no visible indications that it was in the Asian market. Now, what I found most interesting, and maybe I'm just getting old and confused because I've been on the other Breakaway Plus class ships, some things were in different spots. So it took me a while to kind of get used to that because I thought, oh, I know this layout. I know this ship. You make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book and what did you think of it? We had a balcony. I thought maybe there could have been a little bit more closet space, but then there's always secret spaces like the big drawers underneath uh, the sofa. So that gave us plenty of space. Being that this is a newer-ish ship, uh, was there plenty of USB plugs and charging stations and all of that for your gear? Yes, and that's something I really appreciate. There were plenty of um, outlets and USB ports. What were your thoughts of the space? I know you mentioned there were a couple of hidden areas to put things away, but for two adults, seven nights, did you find that there was plenty of space? Um, I think for the two of us, because we are not, I guess, fashionistas, Mm -hmm. if we had lots of shoes and lots of dressy clothes and had to change our clothes three times a day, the space could be tight. Mm -hmm. But just for us with kind of casual clothes, a couple jackets, we were fine. And then let me ask you about the balcony. What did you think of it as far as the size? Oh, I thought it was an adequate size. It's, you know, very nicely laid out. And in fact, my um, roommate commented on how much space there was in it. It was the first time where she expected something much, much smaller. 
So let's talk about the dining. Of course, Norwegian Cruise Line, known for freestyle dining, and Norwegian Joy does have a lot of restaurants. And their main dining experience is kind of like Royal Caribbean's, where there's a couple of different main dining room restaurants. Talk to us about that. Uh, the main dining room is Manhattan, and that is complimentary. I know I've run into other cruisers, cruisers who thought they could only eat at the buffet, for free so that the manhattan's very nice has an extensive menu the two other smaller complimentary restaurants and that's the complimentary sit down our taste and savor and they have the same menu one interesting thing i noticed on this cruise is every time we ordered the first thing the server asked was do you have any allergies mm-hmm and that was throughout the show. As far as the service and the quality of food in those main dining rooms, what did you think of it? I thought throughout the ship, including stateroom attendants, bar servers, restaurant servers, the service was excellent. Did you do any specialty restaurants outside of the main dining rooms? We did. We did La Bistro, which that's one restaurant that is in a different place than where I expected it to be. Um and that was that's always my favorite. Also turned out to be my roommate's favorite. We did Cagney's, of course, because I like a good steak. That was excellent as well. And we also did La Cucina, the Italian, which they have a very nice tenderloin there. So even if you think you might only get pasta, there is a good selection of meats as well. With the specialty dining that you did, did you wind up getting a dining package as a perk, or did you buy these separately? I'm a Platinum Latitudes member, so I get two specialty dining experiences. And then the actually another one I did that's a little different is Food Republic, mm-hmm. which everything is a la carte, and they have a different, different selection of Asian-style foods and fusion. So that one... You know, we paid the a la carte price for. Okay. You know, I didn't get a chance to eat in Food Republic on Norwegian Bliss or Norwegian Joy. How would you describe that restaurant? It's very casual. Every table has like an iPad where you has pictures of the different foods available and then you order right from there. And there's some interesting things like um, I think there was a satay. There's some Japanese or Asian-style food. And they're more small plates, so you don't go there expecting a big dinner, tapas-style. Okay, so you had those restaurants, the main dining room. How was the buffet experience? Uh, For me, I am not a buffet person. But one thing I really like that Norwegian has is their pretzel rolls. So I did go up there and have some of the pretzel rolls. I hear you. As far as the layout of the buffet, uh, did you find that it got cramped at all? Or was it pretty spacious and, you know, the selection spread far enough apart out where no one was kind of, you know, bottlenecked or anything like that? Oh, there were no bottlenecks. And it, it is, it's a humongous buffet and everything is spread out. If you think there's too many People at one section who can just walk around and find the same thing on the other side. On this seven-night cruise, what did you think about the entertainment? Oh, it was excellent. Footloose is the main show, and that was superb. It was a bit longer, I think, than other shows on the ship, but it was still worth sitting through. It was very well done. 
And then the other big show was called Elements. It's a Cirque du Soleil style show. And that was very well done, too. Definitely worth seeing. And you do have to make reservations for the shows. I think, one, we were too late. So we went, there's a standby line that you can go to probably about 15 minutes before showtime. And we were able to get in. I didn't hear you mention that you dined at Q. Are you not a fan of barbecue? You know what, Q, that is, I am a fan of barbecue. There were just too few days. Mm-hmm. And I will say some days we were in port late. And honestly, one day we didn't even eat dinner. It was just too late. Yeah. But I'd been on Q on another ship, and it is really good. How were the sea days on this seven-night cruise as far as crowds and congestion? Um, They were pretty good. Sometimes the atrium, which seems to be the main venue for game show type events and dance lessons and just about anything, that can get a little crowded. But the other place that never got really crowded and that I just love on the ship is the observation lounge. You know, that's all a glass, full glass windows in the space. They have some little snacks there. And lots of places to sit. It's wonderful just to, you know, see if you could see a whale or dolphin or whatever. I imagine that sailing Norwegian Joy sitting in the observation lounge in Alaska could probably be like one of the most memorable experiences on a cruise ship. You are absolutely right. It's just amazing. And like I said, anytime we went there, even if there were an enough people there. We always found a seat. I saw up there that there was some food, like food stations. They weren't open yet on my sailing, but were they serving like breakfast or lunch up there? The breakfast and the lunch, it wasn't really hot food, but you know, they'd have pastries and tea and coffee and desserts and cookies and things like that. And then there was also a bar up there as well. Nice. So there's a Starbucks down off the atrium, and then there's a Starbucks up there uh, in the observation. Yeah, Starbucks on the ship. Okay. You know, speaking of the atrium, one thing that this Breakaway and Breakaway Plus class of ships has been criticized for is the smoke. Because like on deck seven, the casino's right there. And then they have that six, seven, eight level where people on six could smell the smoke and eight could smell the smoke. Did you find that to be an issue on your sailing? No, I didn't notice that. But the casino actually had an enclosed, totally enclosed smoking area. Ah, okay. So they reversed it because on some ships, it's the non-smokers get the enclosed area. So this has the enclosed area for the smokers right wow okay that's cool good to know on this cruise you went to juno ketchikan skagway marjorie glacier victoria and then back to seattle uh, give us a highlight from each port Teresa. uh our first port i believe was juno and you know that alaska is in the rainforest so you need to be prepared for rain we went whale watching that day and In spite of the drizzle, we saw several whales. So that was well worth it. And then we stopped at Mendenhall Glacier on the way back. And then the weather just got so bad and it got dark. So we headed back to the ship. In Skagway, we took a tour to the Yukon. I had done the White Pass and Yukon Railway before, which is 
a great trip as well, but to just drive to the Yukon, that was splendid. We had a beautiful day. We saw Emerald Lake, Carcross, fabulous, and the leaves were just starting to turn because this was at the end of September, so that was an amazing tour, and we had an excellent guide. And then what about Ketchikan? Ketchikan, we walked to Saxman Village, where all the totem poles are, and then came back and walked around town, and our best discovery was a new brewery (laughs) right in town, so we went there and tried out their brews. Because this was at the end of the season, were there a lot of ships in port with you guys? No. I think in Skagway, we may have been the only ship. No, there were very few ships. So we were lucky that way that, you know, the towns weren't overwhelmed with cruise ship passengers. And one drawback, though, about going late is some of the shops, Mm -hmm. if you're a shopper, they close down. For the season. How was I know one excursion I wanted to do in Skagway, which was a hike up the Chokut Trail and then rafting a float trip back. That was done for the season. Oh, bummer. It was, but the replacement trip was excellent. So I'll go earlier next time. And then how was Marjorie Glacier sailing through there? It was very nice. That was also a perfect day. Nice and sunny. Uh, The captain... Rotated the ship, so no matter which side of the ship you were on, you got a good view of the glacier. I was surprised that all the time we were there, there was not one calving from that glacier. And other times I've been there, it's put on a really good show. Yeah, I think I've only control that. I've only been to Marjorie Glacier one time. The uh, the glaciers I've been to lately have been like Dawes Glacier and Sawyer Glacier. Uh, I know mm-hmm. they're in different arms, like Endicott Arm and Tracy Arm. Where, right. What arm is Marjorie Glacier in? And if you don't remember, that's totally fine. I was just, cur- I you know, just curious. I don't remember. I know it's, you know, where those arms are. It's to the left up that Y. I'm going to take your word for it, and we're going to move on then. Okay. You, you go to Victoria. How was Victoria? Actually, Victoria was just, I think, a two-hour stop, two or three, and we got there, I believe, at 8 p.m., so it was a good time to stay on the ship, yeah. and not many people got off the ship. Very true. Now, so you make your way back to Seattle. How was Debark? It was good, and one thing everybody should know about that Seattle does, and I thought it was wonderful, is they have a port valet program. Mm-hmm. So you should be sure to have all your flight details with you if you want to participate. The Norwegian checked us in for our flights. You put your luggage out. Your luggage goes directly to the airport. So my flight was almost at midnight, and I had a whole day that I didn't want to spend sitting in an airport. So I sent my luggage ahead, got a Seattle city pass, and toured Seattle for the day. And then went made my way to the airport. So it's perfect. I wish every port would do that. I'm just curious because Carnival used to do that, and it was like 25 or 19.95 uh, per person. Would does the Norwegian charge you for this? No, the program's absolutely free. I think maybe Seattle realized that more money could flow into the city if all these passengers, you know, stayed in town instead of going to the airport and sitting there for 
eight or 10 or 12 hours. That's absolute hell too, sitting in the airport that long. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yes. Well, do you have any first time tips for anyone sailing Norwegian Joy or Alaska? Well, for Norwegian Joy, like I said, if you're familiar with the other ships, if you've been on like Bliss or Escape, just know that it's not you. You aren't crazy. Some things are in different places. So try to get that kept me discombobulated for a few days. Um, Another thing, there are different staterooms on the Joy. Mm -hmm. There are no studios. So if you're solo, you better just look for um, the special no supplemental feast sailing dates. And there's also no thermal spa because that's taken over by the Galaxy Pavilion which is a bunch of, it's an arcade. But they do have something, they have a concierge class, and they have a two-bedroom inside cabin. Did you by chance get to go on the go-karts on this ship? I did not go on the go-karts on this cruise, but there were people taking advantage of them. All right, well, looking back on this cruise, what was the biggest highlight for you? Well, for me, the destination's always the highlight, but because I'm so intrigued by Alaska, Joy is perfect having the observation lounge. I'm just so thrilled that they have a place where you can sit and watch the scenery go by. That's probably my favorite part of the ship. And in closing, your final thoughts of Norwegian Joy. I was very impressed by it. Like I said, it's a little different than some of the other ships, but that's easy enough to deal with. Enjoy it. Have a good time. And see Alaska. We've been talking with Teresa Russell about her seven-night Alaska cruise aboard Norwegian Joy. Teresa, always great talking to you. Don't be a stranger. Oh, I'll try not to be. I love your enthusiasm. Thanks, Teresa. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.